Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you've got a small business started selling locally at farmer's markets, then the Ready for Retail online course is for you. From packaging to UPC codes to determining your proper wholesale price, Ready for Retail has all the information you need to be selling in stores. More details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. Hi, I'm Steve Clear. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Darren Rude, who is the co-founder and the CEO of Theory. Founded in 2010 by Darren and his wife, Patty, Theory is one of the original collagen supplement brands. Today, they are one of the largest manufacturers of collagen and turmeric in the U.S. Theory continues to win top industry awards with a rapidly expanding portfolio of new and innovative health products. Their success powered by people, principle, passion, and process. They're headquartered in Irvine, California, with distribution centers in Irvine, Tokyo, and London. Theory is also sold online and at 60,000 retailers worldwide, including a massive pallet display last week at my local Costco. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks for having me. So, so um, we're talking about, uh, and again, wow, what a, what a pallet display in Costco. It really just did. I remember, I said, wait a minute, I'm going to be talking to that guy next week. This is a pretty amazing. So, um, can you fill us in a little bit about how you kind of got, were you always in supplement or pharma or how did you get into this side of the business? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, conversation for generations of grocery. So my great grandparents uh, came out of Sicily and Italian, went to Wakefield, Massachusetts and New York uh, and created delis. Ah, okay. which, you know, the Italians were making shoes, but uh, my grandparent, great grandparents decided to get in the food business. So started making Italian sausage and baking bread and, and uh, became successful and then um, became partners with Progresso Food Company and suit and so um we got into the grocery business so i grew up throwing bottles on a bottling line and pickling peppers jalapenos uh pickles and baking bread so we've been in the grocery business and selling to retailers and restaurant institutionals uh for many years now and my whole life in uh in the late 90s I was in a uh, mother's market and a sprouts and I started noticing that the condiment aisle was shrinking and supplements were getting bigger and bigger. So I asked the, the owners, I'm like, you know, what's going on? I mean, why are these supplements taking up my condiment aisle? And they <laughs> took the bottles, stuck them together and they said, look, they're the same size and yet the supplements $21 and your pickles are $3 and 75 cents. What do you want to put on the shelf? Yeah. And I'm like, what's, and I literally said, what's in the bottle? And they're like food. And I'm like, I can make that. And so, uh, I'm like, well, I, I'm not a formulator. 
I, I can uh, package and bottle, but I, I need to find a good uh, scientist and doctor to put together a, a team to, to go in the supplement industry. And, and so um, we went into the supplement industry and, and nobody was in retail. Everybody was selling network marketing, multi-level marketing supplements. Barely anybody wanted to manufacture for retail or re retail because back then you had to have, literally have somebody in the store, right. like a pharmacist telling you what to take. Uh, people wouldn't just grab it off the shelf and use it. So um, a lot of demos we started doing early on uh, teaching people about what the product was. Well, um, I had a mentor, uh, Tom Tierney, who uh, manufactured private label for mostly network marketing and he said um, you have to have a product in the supplement industry that it hurts to go off of in three weeks by the time <laughs> they're done with their bottle they have to take more so it's like an aspirin right right so I had asked uh, mother's market what supplement are you carrying right now that it hurts to go off of and they said collagen but we can't get any of it this mad scientist comes in, drops off six containers at a time. We run out with the, and everybody wants more and we can't get it. And so I walked away from that. And then I found um, an ad in a paper that said, looking for a sales guy for a collagen manufacturer. Uh -huh. and, uh, and I didn't find it, my wife did. And she's all, isn't this the product you're looking for? And uh, so I went to this old broken down building and found this guy in the back taking coffee cans and dumping collagen powder in them and you know no fda no nothing it was like a garage <laughs> operation and i'm all well you know he's all we're gonna turn the world upside down with this product and i'm all, how are you gonna do that and he's like you know i'm gonna sell it to all the spas i'll never forget that and i'm all, how about retail uh, yeah and he's like, oh, I don't know if there's money in it. So anyways, I made a deal with him and, and uh, we ended up, um, you know, tableting at a manufacturer. And then right after that, I said, we have to be our own manufacturer. I'll, I'll do the manufacturing side and, um, and we'll take it to market. And we did. And I started uh, putting cases in the back of my car and driving them around to all the Sprouts, which were bonies and um, windmill farms and mothers, that's where we started, and all the small stores in Southern California. Right. Small health food stores. Wow. And back then you were allowed to take in like three bottles at a time and just give them to them mm -hmm. and say, hey, if they sell, get some people on them, and if it works, then buy some more. But I'll guarantee it. <laughs> and uh, so that, you know, I, that's how I launched college. And I mean, people, I do demos, myself in the stores and people would go, isn't that the stuff you inject in your lips? And I'd go, yes, it's exactly like that, but you're going to feel a difference. But, yeah. Yeah. But we're so I really, got to, I got the store managers on it first. Right. Um, and the store managers and, and the consultants that they hired in the uh, supplement department and they felt the difference and then started telling their customers. And, and that's how we had it take off. We were the first ones back then that put it in a store, put collagen in the store. Right. And uh, I remember showing up at a GNC conference and all I had was, I, I had this big island booth and I had one product and it came in tablet and powder collagen. 
and it took off. And um, so uh, that's how you know we got into the business. It's you know, we've been uh, I've been in the business. I started bottling lines when I was five years old until I could throw uh, jars of because we all we had back then were glass jars, and we had a labeler that you would put on rollers and spin it with glue. And, sure, sure. You know, you'd go home and your hands would be filled with glue. And by the time you got it off, you had to do it again the next day. <laughs> and that, yeah. And that's a, um, that's a, something I, I miss from seeing older, smaller plants that you could go into and, and actually see that, see that stuff happening. Um, mm -hmm. When you obviously, you started out, like you said, one product or whatever, but you've now grown that to a, a, a wide line. Um, did that come because of just seeing what was in the category or did you guys get requests from customers? How, how did you know which way to grow? Um, again, it was always searching for a product. I, I had the fortunate experience to um, be partners with Dr. Muhammad Majid in a, in a company, a nutrition company, uh, back in the late 90s and learned all about turmeric. He grows turmeric. He's a farmer in India, largest farmer of turmeric in the world. Right. And so when we were doing so with collagen, I all, you know, turmeric would just be a, a nice next product. And so we brought on turmeric and the two items, you know, catapulted the company uh, sales. And then, you know, we've been adding products ever since. So now we're up to 30 different products. Uh, in our line and more to come, different delivery systems. And, and so Ashaganda for us in the last couple of years has uh, become a product that uh, is starting to hit the numbers that uh, collagen and turmeric are doing. And, and so on that, um, and it's turmeric, not turmeric. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> where you are. Because uh, as a cook, of course, I'm very familiar with, with turmeric, but it, it, it different, but it seems to me as though it, um, turmeric has actually been around forever, but all of a sudden came into this prominence of, you know, different benefits that obviously some people knew about beforehand, um, besides making your curry look better, right? Just out of color. Um, but, uh, how did that, was that, was that something that was well known in India for a long time and maybe by naturalists and stuff here, but not in the mainstream yet? Yeah, so, um, you know, India has known about it for years. They've had it in their food, and they eat a lot of it. So, you know, we had to concentrate it. And, you know, you don't get what you get out of one tablet of our product in a meal by sprinkling right. turmeric in. <laughs> and so um, the double-blind studies that came out on turmeric is what catapulted it into a product that everybody knew was for inflammation. And so it just so happened that doctors grabbed onto it, started prescribing it instead of ah. uh, aspirin. They started calling it the natural aspirin. Okay. And, um, and so once that happened, it ended up being um, a product that, um, you know, just, uh, took off and people started really wanting to, to try it out. And once they tried it out, their inflammation went down and uh, it was done naturally and they, they like that. So it, 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 with that and with the other products in the line, um, 
you know, I have to ask about, uh, you know, the effect of COVID and what's happened to the business and um, how, how did it affect you guys initially? And then how's it been since we've kind of gone back into phase two? Yeah, so um, we've, uh, since COVID, we've seen an upswing of about 38% in our, in our sales growth. Uh, industry, uh, they're looking at uh, 26% growth. Um, so we're up uh, compared to our industry. We launched a product called Immune Plus that's done really well for us and all the retailers. And um, it's a product that has uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and an array of mushrooms to help, you know, to help with your immune system. And, um, you know, we have all of our team, our staff on the product. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've done, we've been pretty successful as a company right. and COVID at the same time, we all know that if your immune system is healthy, um, it probably won't prevent you from getting COVID, but it will help you through, um, the virus. You, right. You, you know, we all know that, you know, I've been on the phone with, uh, over a hundred doctors at once on a conference call and hands down, they talk about uh, not being overweight, being healthy, exercising, and having a great immune system helps people get through the flu. Right. Uh, it's not as drastic. And so, you know, people that are, are unhealthy, overweight, have diabetes, which is a big population in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I, what we've seen as a supplement manufacturer is we've seen the main, uh, the, the, we've seen people running to the store now to get healthy, uh, which is a good thing. So, you know, we're seeing people that are looking at themselves going, I need to get healthy. I need to lose weight. And I need to start taking supplementing my diet. And, um, you know, hopefully this happens for the United States and we become a healthier com uh, country. And we certainly were, we were trending that way anyway. And then this probably, of course, accelerated it. And, and, and interestingly, a lot of people are talking about not just with on the, on the medical side or supplement side, but even in just general food of people paying a lot more attention to what's going into their bodies now than before COVID. And that's probably going to last and, and be a good effect of something that otherwise has been pretty, pretty terrible. Um, so you had, of course, a foundation in retail. That's not fair. Um, you understood all that, but what did you what did you do when it came to direct to consumer and when e commerce started to come about? How did you how'd you look at that? How'd you handle it? We uh, really got involved with Amazon, of course, and uh, Amazon's a big customer. I uh, iHerb.com. Uh, Costco.com, Sam's Club, Walmart.coms, um, all we started seeing the trend where uh, your brick and mortar stores, uh, small stores, were seeing their sales volume transfer into .coms. Yeah. Once we started seeing that, um, that trend, we started attacking the .com side and um, it's getting easier and easier to where, you know, worldwide, a retailer can sell an individual the products without getting the licenses that a manufacturer needs to get to send pallets over. Ah. So it's getting to the point where Amazon and iHerb are in China and they're in Japan and they're in 
all these countries in the Middle East that takes a lot longer for a manufacturer to get into a licensing. Um, so that's really helped. But we've saw, we saw that trend happening. You just saw the sales just transferring. Um, you know, we're still growing, but the, we're not growing in the brick and mortar as much as we were. We're not growing in the health side. It's, you know, kind of sad to see the mom and pop health stores um, shutting down all over the country. Yeah. And, you know, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. GNC, yep. Vitamin Shop and, and um, Vitamin World are holding on and their dot coms are helping them. Yep. Um, so, you know, we're seeing that happen even you know, ultra beauty, uh, dot com is doing, um, you know, is, is transferring it to the dot com side, yep. not the store. So, um, across the board, that's what we saw. We keep seeing our sales increase, uh, but we're seeing the transfer of retail. Interesting in, in the fact that, uh, also people who I, I think, you know, your persona, your target audience for each of your products, but supplement takers um you tend to be a little more highly educated a little more concerned about what they're doing more knowledgeable um they're also early adapters to things like e-commerce and you know if they find the product and and it's there and it's the right price and it's going to be at my doorstep in a couple of days much more inclined than a, a lot of groups of other people to make that switch to you know i don't i don't need to buy it in the store anymore because i've you know, got it on maybe even on subscription, you know, if that's a, if that works. Um, and you're mainstream, like, uh, you know, that going to the, the club stores, um, Sam's yeah. club, Costco, BJ's and, um, and be able to be our, they're already educated and they're walking in there and getting the deal of, you know, having three months supply of something they love. So they'll order it online or they'll, they'll get it at a, small retailer or, or a Walgreens or CVS drugstore, um, buy it, try it, like it, go to the club store and buy it. So, and when it comes to retail, uh, brick and mortar, the club stores are just, you know, they're still doing, um, they're, you know, they're our number one business. Um, yep. So even though Amazon's number one supplement seller now in the world, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're seeing our sales transfer over there, but, uh, still uh, for the United States, I, I'd say United States, Europe, Canada, um, even Australia is picking it up and, and club stores. Uh, you're seeing still large volume coming out of club. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it, it, interesting because there's, there's several different categories where they just absolutely continue to, to dominate and to build. And, you know, they really aren't making the stores any bigger, just like regular grocery stores and drugstores aren't getting any bigger, but that, that switch kind of a different, different category stuff. Um, because we're, we're in, uh, you know, things are changing a little bit. Can you talk about um, a little bit of how you view, like with regulation and stuff, the change in administration and how that's going to look for supplement industry? Well, what we notice on the supplement side is um, when people seem to not care about their health you know they're enjoying life they're getting out there getting on their boat or they're getting onto a vacation they stop taking supplements because uh, they don't need them they're they're fine when they feel uh their health care is in jeopardy they um have a virus um 
what we see is an upswing. Um, we saw that uh, when Obama got elected, we saw a big upswing uh, for Obamacare. Right. Um, came out and supplements increased. So, um, you know, we've we've been on an increase even through uh, the last four years. I, and I think whoever ends up in office, the supplement industry is still uh, going to thrive. Right. It, it's, it's funny because it sort of mirrored a little bit um, CBD, which prior to COVID was kind of on this little bit of an upswing, you know, let's get some regulations done or whatever else. And then all of a sudden the FDA has a lot more things to worry about than, you know, than CBD in, in, in beverages and food. So. Um, yeah, and, listen, and what's interesting about CBD is that we've been watching it. We don't have CBD in our line. One of the reasons is that uh, um, our retailers asked we're we're more of a conservative brand. Right. Um, and so we did, we don't stick our neck out because we have too much to lose and our brand uh, to take a risk. So what you saw in the supplement industry is people launching a brand that's only CBD in case something happens to them. Uh, They don't have a lot to risk. So our big retailers weren't gonna put it in anyways until the FDA approved it. So there was no reason for us to launch it for small mom and pop stores. What you do see and what we're seeing out there is um, a decline. when it comes to users uh, not feeling the benefits unless um, it has uh, you know, certain uh, ingredients in it that makes a difference. So um, right. for us, it's not, a, it's not a product right now. We're seeing a lot of uh, brands holding on, waiting for an FDA ruling, and it hasn't happened. And if it's not going to happen for another year, they, you're going to see a lot of brands just start to fold on the CBD side or get bought out yep. um, by another brand. And, um, so for us, it, it hasn't been a winner. It was interesting because the uh, just prior to COVID, so, so basically last fall, 2019, whatever, um, I was talking to some people who were in two, two folks in CBD, one larger vertical company vertically uh, integrated company and the other one was a guy who just had a brand online and was doing a heck of a business and um they were taking a different look at it but both were trying to knock on a retailer's doors and getting you know the pushback at the same time i knew some of the people at the retailer and i knew they had a committee internally a buying committee already studying just waiting for that light switch right to go on and they were going to be out there you know putting the stuff on the shelves so it was like this you know this different, uh, a different look at it because, uh, you know, they, they assumed it's coming. They just don't know when. And, um, but yes, there will be definitely will be a, um, um, a consolidation of things going on in that, in that industry. Um, yeah, one in our th- industry, by the way, we had never seen, uh, so many brands launch, uh, yeah. for one ingredient. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, what he uh, track to fail on in our <laughs> industry and you got to be careful. And, you know, back in, uh, back in the late nineties, you could launch a product like collagen, uh, and, and be successful, but it's a different world out there now. Um, brands are, are out there, they're on the shelf and to get shelf space. is very difficult when you're launching a brand new brand. Oh, absolutely. I, so I had, I had family and friends and, you know, all saying, I, I'm going to get in the CBD business. And, 
and I couldn't believe how many jumped in. I watched a, a brand uh, in Orange County launch and um, they, they had a lot of cash. I watched them, you know, buy material stuff like crazy boats and, you know, planes. <laughs> yeah. And I okay. and, uh, they wanted to meet with me to have a conversation for a lunch. And I said, you guys need to hold on to your cash. Cash is king. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and boy, you know, the, the good news is, is that you, 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 you got into a retailer. The bad news is you're not going to have to afford to stay in that retailer. And it's yeah. probably going to be a lot more expensive than you think. Uh-huh. You know, but, and that's one of the problems of having all the brands jump in is you're cutting, basically there's a, there's already a pie out there. You're just cutting the pie into smaller pieces. Nobody's getting anything, you know, good out of that. Right. Um, so Darren, people who are interested, by the way, in you theory and the products, where can they go online to, to see your stuff? Yeah. See the whole line. It's real easy to go to you theory.com. Okay. And uh, that's Y O U T H E O R Y.com. Amazon.com has our products. Costco.com, iHerb, uh, Sam's.com. So uh, all the well-known. All places. the well-knowns have it. Vitamin Shop, GNC. So uh, it's all on there. Yeah, best place to purchase it. Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart, Whole, you know, Whole Foods, and uh, and uh, Sprouts has a big part of our line in their store. Oh, Sprouts, of course. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, Sprouts is, is so much fun to go into. Is when I, when I when I went to my first one, I, I looked and I said, "Boy, this looks to me like Whole Foods light," but they've kind of carved the niche out for themselves now to to be different. Well, they're a produce store for many years. That's all they did: produce in San Diego. And um, you know, the first big store they had in Encinita, Encin, uh, Escondido. Escondido. Okay. All right. uh, yeah. And uh, and so um, you know, I remember the days when the boys, the bony boys used to have um, lettuce fights in the back, <laughs> bad lettuce. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a great place to uh, be able, it's a great educational retailer. You want to get educated on supplements. They always have great people uh, managing right. supplement. When, when you were um, at, at back in the, in the earlier days at U Theory, Darren, uh, did you, did you, because of the experience you had in retail, did you seek out, you know, for to, your team to help build the business? Did you seek out more operational folks? Did you go out after brokers? How, how did you see building that, building the business up? Uh, the greatest part was that the relationships were our, you know, building a business is all about relationships. And, and um, you know, hopefully you have a lifetime of relationships and, and uh, you treated people well and you're able to pull from those relationships. So I had um, relationships with manufacturing side and was able to bring on uh, manufacturing leaders to help me. And so um, when it came to brokers, had a lot of brokers, but knew all the retailers and knew the owners of the retailers because I had, you know, I had been in the retailers back in FedMart days. Sure. Uh, Soul Price um, and Sam Walton. Uh, you know, back when I was a, even a teenager, I, I actually was able to hang out with Sam Walton and uh, <laughs> learned a lot. And so, um, you know, even Soul Price, especially Jim Senegal, all yep. of them were buyers. Yep. And and, uh, and so those relationships were already built. And so the segment into supplements was 
a lot easier for us than most jumping in and not knowing what to expect. We already knew what to put on the shelf and what would sell on the shelf. Um, and, you know, so uh, U Theory, when it, we came out, we knew we needed to be different. We needed, we wanted a Rolls Royce nutrition and we were able to do it. We, we don't buy anything from China. Uh, we, and, and the reason why is because everything I've ever tested from there when it comes to ingredients is yes. uh, they don't pass the test for us. Yep. So we've seen it with this coronavirus and shutting down the borders. We watched a lot of our competition stop uh, shipping because they can't get product from China. And then here we are. Right. And we're still shipping because we don't buy anything from there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're buying top ingredients. And so, you know, our products are, are reasonably priced because of our volumes. Um, we're not a, a high-end uh, price product, but we're a high-end product for a great value. And going forward, um, line extension, obviously some stuff. How is the immunity thing? Is that is that going to have some more products in it and stuff going forward? Yeah, well, we should have four to five products out in the next uh, 12 months on the immunity side. Um, we got a couple of uh, uh, products coming out um, on the liquid side. We're pretty excited about that. Oh, and, awesome. Yeah. And so um, with that, you know, the brand will continue to grow. It's, you know, it's, I, you know, I can't tell you how great it is to walk into a Costco and see a full island <laughs> of U Theory and uh, it's doing well on those islands. And so, uh, you'll see in 2021 where uh, every quarter uh, we'll have a couple of weeks of an island of U Theory there in Costco, <laughs> and, uh, and and Sam's too. They you know they keep on growing our our um, our brand, so we do you know our brand really does well in box store. Um, right. You know the crazy thing is is that when my competition was uh, not selling to mass, they were only selling to Whole Foods and all natural and they they would not go there because they were the bad guys i started the opposite way with you theory i started at costco and i went the other way and it worked and uh, there's been a couple articles out in the last 12 months about you know if you're in supplements you've got to get in mats yeah it's uh, it's one of those things of you know for so, so three four years ago and i was working with clients and i was you know just beating the dead horse of you got to be on Amazon. You got to be on Amazon. Be, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, it's too expensive. I'm going too expensive. What distributor do you work with? Because you're right. And then eventually of course came around in, in particularly when COVID struck um, those people that were basically e-commerce forward did okay. Mm -hmm. And those that were entirely at more specialty retail and whatever kind of not, not so good. Didn't, didn't make it through, but it's amazing that when Walmart, decided to get in the dot-com business, it was the same thing. I'd say, you got you to gotta be on walmart.com. And they go, no, 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 my, my customers don't shop at Walmart. I said, well, first of all, that's total BS. I can prove that to you in data. I said, but what matters more is that this is a company that has huge amounts of cash. And they are out to take share away from Amazon, uh, where you sell product, right? So when that person decides to make a change between Amazon and walmart.com, do you want to lose their business? Because that's what's going to happen if you're not there. Oh, no, I don't think I can be on Walmart. It's like, okay, all right. I, you know, I know people have a perception about Walmart and it just, it particularly on .com is not true. 
I mean, you can say what you want about the stores and where they are, but you know the store, the Walmart closest to you is not being shopped at by a bunch of guys in pickup trucks coming off the farm to buy some old Roy for their dog. Mm -hmm. um, that's not the way Walmart is anymore. Walmart is, you know, certainly representative of the largest grocery in the United States because they are. And then you go to the dot com and you say, well, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff and they're trying to bring a lot of people to this platform. I think I want to be on that platform, you know, and, um, you know, and so far, at least with the people that I work with that we've gotten on, uh, been treated pretty fairly um, and, you know, helped out a little bit more than Amazon, I'd say. Um, not to mention really good pricing. Yeah. They just can't beat it. So, you know, one of those things. And you can check your choice of you want to try to go 1P or you want to try to do marketplace. But either way, yeah, like I say, supplements, I'd say there's a half a dozen categories that you got to, you kind of got to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you looked at other, um, so at other channels of, of, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, conventional grocery, um, are they getting any more into this because of the public, you know, public demand or consumer demand? Yeah, we actually have a line that is launching this, this uh, first quarter of 2021 uh, for uh, Kroger. Oh, and, excellent. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're launching that product. that will be in the Walgreens and CVS and, and Rite Aid. Um, excellent. Yeah. It's a full block, uh, like seven items. So, okay. um, yeah, we're, we're all, we are moving in that direction with a, with a product line. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so Darren, we, uh, we always try to, to, um, torture our guests a little bit at the, uh, uh, in the program. Um, I wanted to ask you about basically since the audience is fellow entrepreneurs generally, what, uh, what was the biggest, kind of a hurdle you had to get over in building new theory and uh, how'd you do it? Yeah, I, I've got a great story and um, <laughs> my, my attorneys are, are good friends of mine and we actually have in-house uh, legal. Uh, and so they always talk about, you got to write a book, you got to write a book about business. And so when we launched U theory, um, I had um, been, I, I got sued with Costco and Walmart, the three of us, um, over uh, launching U Theory. And um, what happened was um, I built a manufacturing facility. I, I brought in raw material. I brought on the staff to launch, launch it. And within a week, I got all the orders I needed and more from Costco, Sam's Club, I mean, Walmart, uh, all the retailers just gave me orders right out of the gate. And they had all been sued. Every PO, every retailer I got had a lawsuit against <laughs> us. So we, had, we couldn't ship until it got settled. <sighs> and for six months, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I gonna do? I, you, got to make money. I got this big building. I got, you know, and I remember walking through the warehouse and I, I, uh, you know, I've always had in business, my grandfather always taught me that I'm the steward and God's in control. And I'd walk down the shelf, the aisles with all this product and, you know, and, uh, no movement, just people sitting in their offices trying to make things better. 
And uh, I go, you know what? It's not mine. This is, I'm just the steward. If, if it fails, it fails. And so it gave me us always sense as a CEO, as a um, thinking in that direction that I didn't worry as much. And right. so everything got settled and we started shipping and, and uh, people always ask me, how the heck did you get through that? And it was pretty amazing because I had uh, some good friends that, because, uh, you know, I can raise the capital myself uh, personally for what I needed to get through this six months. And, um, and so I just had friends walking in the door, handing me checks going, you know what, I, you know, I know you're going to succeed. Uh, here I'm loaning you money and uh, I I got all the money we needed and more to sustain that six months fight for all the legal battles we were able to um, take care of them all move on and um, and all the retailers decided to jump on our you know I'm still on our bandwagon after they went through uh, you know tons and tons of themselves of aggravation and and, uh, and so, um, we did it and that was the biggest struggle. And once we did, and it, it just took off like a rocket ship, but, you know, there was times where I even had some people come to me and go, you know, when are you going to, you know, you yeah. would just close your doors. You should just walk away from this. This is a mess. And I'm like, no, it's just part of, you know, part of, uh, having a great brand. And, and, uh, so it worked and, and, uh, but that was, that was the biggest hurdle I think I've ever went through in my life sitting in a, you know, sitting in this huge building and, and not even uh, shooting yeah. nice, beautiful, clean rooms. And, oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the rent coming due, right? That's rent the- coming due, <laughs> payroll coming due. Sure. Oh yeah. So like, yeah, yeah get, you know, you just hired all these great people. Do you tell them you can't pay them and, you know, because we're not going to ship for six months, come back in six months, or you keep them on staff. And we kept them on staff, and it actually made us better. We we uh, were able to create better better product, and we just refined our manufacturing and and our our new machines and everything. And and you know, the day it's always up in video. I, I know there's a uh, you know U theory launch. It's it's a great day where we had a Marachi band playing. <laughs> And everything had a huge party with all the uh, our investors and and everything and and so um, you know you got to thank all all the family and friends that said hey this yeah can, this is gonna work we know it that so. that takes lean startup to a whole new definition yeah when you're not shipping and you're telling them look I know I'm in this huge lawsuit I can't I can't ship product but hey invest in me. Hey, but at least it wasn't produce, Darren, right? I mean, at least uh, no. your shelf life, you know. You yeah, could- you know, I, I, the biggest lesson I learned was uh, essential business is what my grandfather, you know, you're talking, I remember 40 years ago, he used to say, you know, we're in the grocery business because if we have a recession, we eat our inventory. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, and he goes, and we're in essential business. And essential businesses will... Um, will go through a war and yeah. they will sustain themselves through any, anything. And I really, people uh, that are in other industries, uh, we have, a, we have several restaurants too. And I loved actually helping out my cousins and uh, everything. <laughs> I kept calling them going, I got another idea for you uh, through this. And, and so I have some cousins that are, that are smarter 
yeah. people than I am, and they did with their with their restaurants. They went sure, and oh, no, no, I can't imagine. Yeah, but their businesses, every single one of my family's restaurants, all exceeded their growth during COVID in LA. Wow, and it's amazing. They just made it happen, and they they uh, they came up with solutions that worked. And a lot of people copied them because they were great solutions and they handed out basically, this is what we're doing in our restaurant. It could help yours. Right. And, right. You know, I got a hand to my cousins. I, I loved it. I think it was a great challenge. And I think it's a great learning lesson for business entrepreneurs to learn how to run a restaurant. In that oh, situation. oh to, yeah. The, the pivot, you know, to, um, we have friends who, who actually bought a restaurant uh, downtown Boise, I believe they closed on February 17th. Okay. So um, talk about pivot, uh, talk about going to takeout, talk about, um, you know, social, using social media to survive, mm-hmm. whereas that wasn't in the big plan because it, you know, whatever. And yeah, and hustle and friends, you know, we, we helped out as much as we could. And, you know, I'm, marketing guy i'm trying to come up with uh how do i get on-premise stuff going here and and whatever and, and luckily a lovely outdoor seating area <clears throat> which you know um but yeah just huge huge changes and um you know and, and then food service on the supply side people that i know at cisco and compass yeah. and it's like wow no no christmas bonus this year guys not not happening you know mm-hmm. yeah so you gotta, you gotta yeah, our, our restaurant institutional side you know started to take a little bit of a hit and, uh, you know, so they had to come up with some solutions, but, you know, I, I think our, you know, all my, I mean, we're talking, I pro- we probably have 50, um, now and my, my Italian family, 50, uh, CEOs <laughs> in large, companies. um, and, uh, so, you know, we're all, we all put our heads together and, and, uh, worked it out and right. everybody's succeeding, you know, when they're finishing their year, 2020, yep. their sales volume is higher than it was in 2019 so how that happened you know they went through a couple of months of struggling but they came out of it just blind yeah yeah and and your clientele i think you know your loyal clientele is another thing that you know gets you through that and in in a friend who had a restaurant in in california and he used to say you know the regulars he goes the regulars are what keep the place open He goes, people you know come in and whatever that's profit but if i don't see you folks here i'm in trouble Right. Yeah. That's, I, I got to have that. So, and I think people adapt that as well. It's like, it's my place. It's like, cheers. It's like, you know, I can't let this place, I got to get out there and, and go. So, you know, when my wife and I did that here, same thing, you got to do it. Well, Darren, yeah. Hey, I, yeah, it was crazy. Well, it was crazy. Like if you ever start to notice, it's like the takeout restaurants that already had takeout going, right. Got better at it, but they already had that clientele of takeout. So it just increased their sales. It's like, you know, like we were talking a little while ago, if you were in .com and you were in Amazon in January, yeah, and you were doing well, mm-hmm. you doubled. Oh yeah, oh but yeah. But if you weren't in it, you only doubled that little amount. So you, if you had already played that game in 2019, came into 2020, succeeding on .com, then your everything just doubled in a couple of months. Yeah, and it went to it. It went from um, how do we increase our sales and how are our metrics looking to oh my god, how do we keep inventory in, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. know, because it was just going so, turning so fast, and then Amazon kind of ran into some issues of getting the inventory even when you get it there. 
Um, yeah. You know, and that's still going on in some cases. So it's, yeah, but for sure it, it made a, it made a huge, a huge difference. And you can't, you say, well, you know, how can you be prepared for that? Well, you can't necessarily be prepared for it, but you can spread your risk. Yeah. Right. So across more, across more channels, uh, direct wholesale retail, the more you spread, the better your chances are of surviving it and growing the business. Yeah. I mean, for our raw material and our bottles and everything, we, we right out of the gate, we actually, you know, it's crazy. We were in a meeting at Costco and they were talking about, you know, a, a virus coming in January. Ooh. Uh-huh. January. <laughs> we were in the first week of January and uh, they said they want an immune product. And I left that meeting and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to warehouse three months worth of raw material, bottles, caps, all my components in case there, you know, we probably won't have a problem with ship, with farming. We'll have a problem with shipping. Right. Right. So I said, let's get everything in, in United States. So we warehoused in Salt Lake city, loaded up a warehouse in Salt Lake city and it paid off. We used all the product. And the problem was, was we didn't realize that sales were going to fly. Yeah. So we used all that inventory. And if we didn't have done, if we didn't do that, um, we didn't really miss a beat. We probably missed only like two weeks worth of shipping right, uh, but, trying to catch up. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it paid yeah. off. Doing, doing that kind of planning and, and uh, you know, um, pays off in the end, I think. is really mm -hmm. great. Well, hey, Darren, thanks so much. Really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to be with us. I know you're busy. A lot of stuff going on. But uh, good to hear about uh, the growth of the company and, and plans for the future. And we'll have you back for a second go around down the road when you've gotten some more stuff out there. Sounds great. So Thanks. appreciate you sharing your wisdom and stuff with fellow entrepreneurs. Thanks to all the rest of you for joining us here on the Next Level Brands podcast. Podcast brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands, providers of courses, workshops, webinars, and one-on-one -on -one coaching for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you'd like to know more, check out the details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clear, and we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.